Hey kids, it's KJ here with Blueprint for a Book bonus episode number eight. Wow, eight. Um, I can't believe I can't believe it's August. I'm recording these pretty much in real time as y'all are are progressing along. In fact, absolutely in nearly real time. Um, as y'all are progressing along. And as someone who's definitely dealing with the um, flailing elements of the tail end of summer and all the chaotic scheduling and tiny bits of time and, um, you know, just, just the way that it gets harder and harder to have any kind of schedule at all this month, I just want to say props for sticking to this. Um, I've actually wished greatly that I had a clearer project that I could hang my hat on. Um, and having these blueprints to record has helped me to keep my butt in the chair and, and keep focused. So this has been good and, and may, has made me think about um, giving yourself a focus that is out, you know, a focus for your work that helps you, that, I don't know, that, that helps you sit down and, and, and get things done during times of your life when it might look really hard too. And, you know, if you, if you strategize that, right, I mean, sometimes we got to just let stuff go. Sometimes, sometimes it's not the right moment to have a big project. But if you strategize well, um, like I have a very, uh, my project for the month is very uh, piecemeal, intentionally. It's 20 different separate, well, it was supposed to be 20 different separate things, but I've ended up having it be 10 different separate things, but it's worked pretty well and it's still getting me to sit back down. So anyway, designing the right kind of project for the right moment in your life is, heck, that's probably a whole episode in itself. But today, easier outlining for the loquacious and the reluctant. Um, before I get too deeply into this, I want to note that I am having summer asthma and it is making it hard for me to talk. So if I have to periodically stop and clear my throat, I am sorry. Um, I'm, I'm dealing that, you know, it is what it is. All right. I'm flapping around with my little post-its so I can talk about this outline. So there are two major reasons that people put up a fuss about this particular short form outline. And the first is, you don't want to do it at all. Uh, novelists don't want to outline because they don't want to ruin things. They don't want to practically write the book before they've written the book. They want to explore. They want to enjoy the writing process. Um, all of that is great. You know, they want to, um, the saying is, uh, I don't know where I'm going. Or the, the, it's, it's that one writer who said that he, he could, and it was definitely a man, could, um, as long as he could see as far as his headlights, he could, he could get there. Um, and I just keep thinking, I don't know, dude, I think there's a huge difference in, you know, whether you end up in California or whether you end up in Prince Edward, on Prince Edward Island. And, um, I like to have that goal. This outline is meant to give you the the goal to guide that road trip um but it can be very small so that's 
That's the fiction version of I don't want to outline it all. The nonfiction version of I don't want to outline it all goes something like, but I already know what I'm going to write. I have a list of topics. I have a structure for each chapter. Or um, I have a chronological story that I am going to tell. So I don't need to create an outline. Yeah, right. I'll get to that in a second. So the other half of this reluctance comes a little, <coughs> sorry, comes a little differently. And it is the person who um, can't write a short outline. This is often me. How am I ever going to squish this into two pages? You know, I know too much about this story. Um, and you just, the urge is to write down everything that you're going to write, to put down um, in nonfiction, to put down all of the stories that you're going to tell within each topic and, you know, to outline the way you're going to address the particular topic and you want to get really long. And in fiction, it's this whole plot that you have where you can just see all these amazing things that are going to happen. And of course, you need to put them in the outline because they have to go in the outline because that's what an outline is, right? It's a list of the things that's going to happen. No, no, that's not what an outline is for starters. So both of those sort of the, the, the flip sides of that coin that I can't do it because you're not giving me enough space and the I can't do it because I don't want to do it at all uh, can, can benefit from the, the easier outlining techniques that I'm, I'm going to offer to you now. Because I think the problem in both of those cases is that you're not seeing, you are looking at an outline from the point of view of a sixth grader with an English assignment. And you know, an outline that's going to be, this is what I'm going, you know, the, the topic sentence and the three points you're going to make and the closing argument. That is not the kind of outline we're talking about here. <coughs> so let's see, how, how, how do I want to structure this? I'm going to start with fiction today. Um, in Fiction, the way to make this easier, whether you are don't want to do it at all or whether what you would naturally come up with is 17 pages long, is not to start at the beginning and not to focus on plot. So this is not an outline of everything that is going to happen when the um, you know science fiction dome comes down and seals your city into a, a world and puts one person on one side of the dome and the one person on the other. This is an outline of the emotional changes that your people are going to go through as things happen to them. So <coughs> a great way to approach it is to jot down maybe your plot, your plot tent poles, the you know, the thing that, that happens at the beginning that sets off the action, the why now. The moment in the middle that you should already have a pretty clear idea of what it might be when the worlds crash into each other. Um, when, I mean, there's a point of no return at the beginning. There's usually a point of no return. <laughs> Oh man, there's usually a point of no return in the middle as well. And then of course you get to the end and there's 
the, uh, the, you know, the clashing, crashing climactic crisis, whatever that may be. And then there's the happy or the sad ending or the discovery of the villain or whatever. And, you know, maybe you don't want to know exactly what that is. If you instead focus on the way your person is going to feel, you actually can get away with, um, you know, not knowing exactly what plot-wise is going to happen in the end. If you, if what you put down in your outline is a sense of how your protagonist or protagonists are going to have changed, you can put something like, um, you know, discovery of murderer. That there's a different emotional journey in that, so that's not the best thing. Or, um, you know, treatment is successful or fails, or uh, he comes back slash he decides not to come back, and then put the more definitive thing of, um, and, you know, he realizes that whether he stays or goes, um, what really matters is, you know, um, that he's decided he doesn't have to rely on how his father feels about him to feel good about himself. That's, that's an outline. And so if you, if you, keep yourself narrowed down on those short bits um, and that emotional shift, you may actually have too short an outline. And that's kind of where you want to start because then you want to be filling in. And you are, you're using the thing that you created in an earlier exercise, um, the because of that uh, series of events. But Maybe instead of filling in from that, it might be easier to start on a fresh sheet and focus on this emotional piece. And just, like I said, starting at the end and going backwards will keep it short and avoiding telling the story of the plot. The story of the plot is not what you want here for an outline. You want major plot events and the arc, both the, the plot arc, but and to me, even more importantly, the emotional arc. And if you stick to that, you'll, you'll have something, you'll have something shorter to play with. Or if you're resisting outlining at all, you'll have, you'll have, you know, you'll have a sketch that is a, is a guide for making sure that you get somewhere. And personally, um, I like to give myself word limits on how long I, how many words I have to get to certain, to certain points, because I will get really caught up in plot events and that is fun, but you can only have as much plot as, as delivers the emotional wallop of the story. So that's, um, that's the sort of a fictional approach to keeping this short now and also you know to doing it all if you don't want to do that now in nonfiction uh, this is a funny one so 
I think nonfiction, you often feel like, well, I don't need this outcome outline business because I have, like I said, a list of topics that I'm going to cover, or I have a chronological series of events that are what this book is about. And I know, you know, that it begins with them taking off for the moon and it ends with them coming back, not having reached the moon, but having had to repair Apollo 13. And I, so I don't need to outline that because it's basically outlined for me because it actually, it already happened. And I'm here to tell you that that is the route to a probably shallower book that doesn't do really what you think. If you're sitting around kind of going, well, I could write this in my sleep because I teach a course on it, or this is my business, or, you know, all I'm going to do is give you this list of topics and, and tell you how to, how to do each one. What you're going to end up with is probably just less than what you could end up with. So I'm going to suggest that you take your topic list or your table of contents and don't look at what's going to be in each chapter. Look at how the chapters relate to each other. Um, if you're talking about a chronological series of events, then pull back and look at this from a story perspective. Look at the emotional arc of either the reader, if the reader is the one having the experience, or of the, the protagonist. If you're, telling, you know, if you're telling a story story or a memoir, you're probably more in the realm of, of fiction and you may be, you're, you're gonna be using that advice. I'm more thinking about the person who's got a instructive or you know educational or guide kind of nonfiction book. That's the person sitting there with a list of topics and a plan for like every each thing that they want to talk about. And maybe it's kind of a chronological plan. So maybe it's you know um, uh, how to how to write a business outline or or something along those lines. That's maybe going to give you an easier thread through the book. But what I what I wanted to talk about in terms of making your outlining better, well, really, what I want to do is tell you the story of how to be a happier parent. So that's my nonfiction book. And I did not have Jenny's blueprint for a book. I didn't know. I didn't know Jenny. I, I didn't work with her. I didn't do any of this stuff. For that book and it is a good book and I'm proud of it it is fun and it is funny and the thing and it is very useful and the thing that pulls you through it is kind of my story of learning each one of those um, different things the way I structured it is seven I think it was it was seven or nine different pain points for parents and how we could be happier around them and I, I then I sort of told my own story of getting happier around the different things in a vaguely, it wasn't really chronological. My point here is that I could have done that better if I had paid more, less attention to, here are the, the, the points that I want to make in each chapter and more attention to, here is how this chapter builds on the previous chapter. So one thing that would happen frequently is that I would have pieces of advice that repeated. And to, if I had spotted those from the beginning, it would have been much easier to have them um, grow and change 
as you re-encountered them. And I did kind of go from the easiest to the hardest in terms of the topic. I don't, I don't want to spend too much time thinking about how I would do this differently now because it's just going to be painful. But um, I didn't, I was very focused on, well, maybe you just want to turn to the chapter about mealtime or turn to the chapter about homework and not enough focused on the person who was reading straight through and also not enough focused on um, once you have this thing you've gained in this chapter, now you need to build this thing you're going to learn about in the next chapter. And I wish that I had focused not just on sort of a vague awareness that the topics were building on themselves and getting a little more difficult as they went, and actually built that up into, um, you know, let's tackle the easier things first and then move on to the harders and found and pulled out the repeating themes. And if I had forced myself to take this table of contents and look at it, like I said, not from the point of view of what am I going to include in each chapter, but how does this all fit together? I'd have written, I'd have written a better book. I think it would have, and I, maybe it would have sold better and everyone would have been happier. Um, so, you know, hashtag can't go back. I don't, I don't know. But learn from my mistake, people. This is supposed to be hard. Um, it'll still be hard. It'll be hard the third time you do it. It'll be hard the fourth time you do it. I wanted to talk a little bit about the life cycle of this and how it continues to be useful as you do it over and again, over again with the book in the book. But I'm going to actually save that for the next bonus episode and just go back and pound on that one point that I just made just now, which is the harder this is, the better the result is going to be. Um, you gotta, yeah, you, you, you just, you, you have to put this time in, please put this time in. I wish I had put this time in. And let me say, this is harder than writing to sit down right now with all the stuff that you've got and just sail off into the glorious um, sunset of a thousand words a day would be very easy. Uh, right now. To do this, to think hard, to um, put the time in to make this uh, book something that's going to build on itself, to have that solid skeleton, that solid cake baked with a, uh, before you frost it. I, it's, I really think, I really, it's going to pay off. It's going to pay off. I'm excited for all of you that are managing to pull that off, and I am reiterating for myself the need to go back and do it in the thing that I'm working on and to do it again in the next things, because I truly believe that this is, um, this is how we do our best work is by thinking about what it is that we're doing and why really, really, really hard instead of just getting out there and doing it. So, um, I'm going to quote Rachel Heron. I just have the urge. Get to writing, my friends. But, you know, let's, let's, let's close this off with the usual hashtag I'm writing. Um, yeah, I'm so blanking. It must be August, people. I know the line. I just can't remember what I want to call it. Fine, fine. No, intro, no introductory sentence to our final words of the podcast today. All I'm going to say as I flail my way madly to the end of this 20 minutes is get your butt in the chair and keep your head in the game. See y'all next week.